Blog Talk Radio. overwhelmed sometimes with all the money information out there? How do you make profitable financial decisions with all the financial noise? You have tuned in to Debt Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is debtfreewealthradio.com. Debt Free Wealth Radio is a production of TrudyBearman.com. Thank you for taking us along with you as you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, through Stitcher Radio or iTunes Podcast. Welcome. I invite you as we come on board, as we explore all things money, that ultimately leads to equipping you to enjoy lifestyle upgrades the Debt Free Wealth way. Now, the trend is your friend. Charts. Breaking news, financial data, fundamentals, the bulls and the bears. Do you feel overwhelmed sometimes? There's so much information out there. And how do we make profitable financial decisions with all that noise out there? And after the disaster to many portfolios in the recession, more people have taken the chance of taking control away from brokers and into their own hands. Now, I have... An awesome guest with me today, Sean Hyman, editor of Money News and the Ultimate Wealth Report, and he's a regular guest on many national news stations such as Fox News, CNBC, and I have him on today, and he's going to weigh in on how to build wealth from home through investment strategies, and he's also the author of the Biblical Money Code, which he stumbled on to help him create wealth for himself and many of the clients that he serves. But Sean has an extensive background in the financial markets. He spent more than 20 years in the investing trenches, and over that time, he's been a stockbroker at, stock at Charles Schwab a trading course instructor for foreign exchange markets. I don't know if you've heard of FXCM, but I surely played with that one. A financial writer for numerous outlets and a key speaker at conferences both nationally and internationally. Over the course of his career, Sean has held five financial licenses, and through his variety of experiences in these positions and trading his own accounts, he has accumulated a wide range of tools to decipher key market trends, finding opportunities in often overlooked corners of the market. Now, this is one comment that that Sean says that I'm going to grill him on, because he says, by linking U.S. dollars to foreign currencies, which you can do by purchasing exchange-traded funds, you can retain purchasing power and de-link yourself from the dollar dilution game the Federal Reserve is playing. Sean, welcome, welcome. I am so honored to have you on as my guest. Hey, it's good to be here. Oh, fantastic. Sean, I need to start with that last thing that you, you said, um, you know, that was shared with me. Um, you said, by linking U.S. dollars to foreign currencies, which you can do by purchasing exchange-traded funds, you can retain purchasing power and de-link yourself from the dollar dilution game the Federal Reserve is playing. What is this dollar dilution game that the Feds are playing, and how does Forex help us get around that? 
Yeah, what you can do is um, you can – you know, a lot of people think they have to exchange their dollars, go open a foreign bank account and buy euros or Australian dollars or something like that. It's really a lot more simple than that. But you know, just to back up for a moment, the, what's happening is the Federal Reserve prints money, and, ever, and they've done this ever since we've come off the gold standard back in 1971. So we could only print so much money back then because every dollar had to be backed by gold. Well, now it doesn't have to be backed by anything but supposed you know, faith in the federal government and their ability to back it, so they can print at will. And anytime you make anything more abundant, no matter what it is, it becomes less valuable, and, and the less you know, um, prevalent it is, the more uh, precious it is and the more value it has. And so, so as we crank out and print you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars – and put that out into the economy, each of those dollars becomes worth less and less, and you have more dollars chasing a finite amount of goods, which also drives up the prices of those uh, assets and causes inflation at the grocery store, at the gas pump, etc. And so what somebody can do um, is to, they can retain their purchasing power one way. There's several ways to do it, but one way is by linking their dollars to uh, foreign foreign currencies. And a simple way for the average person to do this that may have a stock brokerage account that they would buy Apple or IBM or whatever in, <clears throat> they can buy exchange-traded fund ETFs that track foreign currencies. And so there's ones for uh, many of the common traded currencies of the world, everything from the euro to the Australian dollar. But they can uh, just <clears throat> just Google these. And, uh, and you know, for instance, the, the, the euro – tends to go very opposite of the U.S. dollar, um, <clears throat> and so they can they could uh, buy the euro ETF, uh, symbol FXE, in their brokerage account, and as the dollar went down over time through the years and the euro went up against it, then they would prosper from that just by tracking the euro through their stock brokerage account. <clears throat> okay. Um that may have gone over some people's heads, but um, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, okay, so guys, that's Forex in a nutshell, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to suggest that you guys start following Sean with his Ultimate Trade Report. Sean, just go ahead and tell us real quickly how to connect with you because you're going to share so much that people are going to want to come back around, either listen to the show again or connect with you. Um, just quickly tell us how to do that. Yeah, we'll probably hit the highlights and the tip of the iceberg, but at least today it will open up a, a new world to some people, and they'll be able to uh, delve into further. And the way that they can reach me is through uh, ultimatewealthreport.com um, is my main site where they can find out more about me, uh, or biblemoneycode.com uh, if they would like to join us in the uh, in the newsletter where we pick uh, stock, where I pick stock investments that uh, help deal with the rise of inflation and dollar devaluation. So I make the game simple by telling you, here's the stocks that I think that are going to benefit from this trend, and here's why. Here's how I think you ought to buy them and where you ought to buy them. I'll tell them when to sell them, et cetera. So I, I take all the guesswork out of it, lay all the analysis out, and they can decide for themselves what they think is best, and then place those trades in their account if they feel it's best for them. Okay, now I have two people on hold that – Guys, if you can hear me, I will get to you. But, uh, Sean, when my audience knew I was having you on, a few of them went ahead and submitted some questions to me to ask you. And I'll read them as we go through based on what we're talking about. But I'm going to start with Dave Room's question, um, just based on what we just talked about. He asked, what is propping up the U.S. dollar and how long will it last? 
Well, there's not a whole lot propping up the U.S. dollar is the is the is the problem. I mean, our, our Federal Reserve does print money, but they do try to do it at a somewhat controlled pace. In other words, they they want a slow devaluation of the dollar. They don't want a fast fall off the cliff type of scenario because that would cause public unrest, riots in the streets, etc., like we've seen in so many other countries lately, in uh, Venezuela, Ukraine, uh, we've seen before in Egypt, etc. So, so what they're doing is a slower devaluation in hopes that the general public, uh, you know, the Main Street guy out there in America, won't really sense it or realize it's happening. So, um, so that's really why it's more gradual. But what a person has to do is put themselves on the right side, you know, of the inflation uh, game and, and, and on the right side of the dollar dilution game, which dollar dilution causes the inflation. And so it's about buying, you know, stocks that um, that go up with inflation rather than get hurt by inflation, which is what a lot of uh, a lot of consumers do when they only consume. They're hurt by inflation when they invest, and particularly invest in the right things. They can benefit from it. So if I own a, a gasoline refiner or an oil company and gas is going up at the pump, for instance, my shares are likely going up because that company is making more profits, making their shares more valuable. So it's a way to offset some of the fuel uh, inflation in my life, for instance. Okay, fantastic. And in recent days, Bitcoin is one of your counter positions. <laughs> Considering what the rest of the rest of the financial world is talking about, now I get your ultimate wealth report, and guys, I'm going to encourage you to go check that out. And I follow you. So when you made your statement indicating Bitcoin was on its way down, that was totally counter because my February 2014 Fortune magazine had an article hailing Bitcoin as being on its way, way, way up. But you ended up being right. How is it that you interpret the very same financial data that's out there, but come up with a completely different position? Well, it, it's looking at it through a different set of glasses. Um, the average person will look at something and go, oh, hey, these, this could be a neat tool to use as a currency around the world, so that's got to be a good thing and it's got to go up. Um, and it's even not controlled by government. And then I look at it from a government uh, standpoint of view and look at it through, through their lens and go, hey, uh, this would be a competing currency to the dollar. Does our government or any government really want that? Um, there's a lot of money laundering that can happen. So in other words, there's a lot of money that would go through untaxed that the government would not get tax revenue on. Do they want that? No, they don't want that to happen. And so I just go through this scenario where really if governments around the world don't find it beneficial – How's that going to fly long term? And so, what we started seeing was governments shutting down to the idea of it. You know, everything from China banning it and uh, and many other countries banning it to uh, technologies taking it off of their platforms, like Apple uh, wiping away all the Bitcoin wallet apps from uh, from all the uh, Apple iPhones. So, so with so many entities backing away from it and government resistance all around the world to it. You know, how is that to, uh, to prosper? Then if you regulate it, which would make it accepted by governments, the Bitcoin lovers would hate it because that's the, the, whole, the whole reason why they liked it in the first place. So it's just got many, many uh, flaws in it. And, of course, it was supposed to be unhackable and the safest thing around. And, of course, we found that anything man-made can be hacked. So there's not really anything that is truly unhackable or truly secure that cannot be uh, hacked or cracked, and we've seen that now with Bitcoin. Mm, okay. I have two people online. I'm going to take one. Um, 919 area code. Go ahead with your question or comment for Sean. 
919 area code. Go ahead. Okay. Can you hear me, Trudy? Yes, I can. What's your first okay, name? And great. This is A.M. Williams. Good morning. Glad to hear you on the show, Sean. Good to be here. I am. Um, I, I am actually calling because I find it amazing that uh, how how you two are able to identify the trends and um, I mean I identify the the adjustments going against what traditional financial news say. I'm actually learning more and more about investing myself. And um, if you wouldn't mind, for someone who is just recently starting, um, what type of news and things are best to look at? in order to uh, make better financial decisions as it pertains to the Forex market? Well, I mean, in my opinion, um, you know, one should really start with the, with the, with the stock market because they, they're able to build a better portfolio there, and then if they want to become a bit more speculative, then go out to the Forex market. The, the happy medium in the currency market is those, uh, are those ETFs that I talked about, which you can hold in your – brokerage account. The reason being is those aren't leveraged instruments, and out in the Forex, they are highly leveraged instruments, which make them a bit more speculative. But but really, it, uh, it all boils down to either doing your own research or following somebody that you feel is, is fairly on target with their own research. Um, because if you just flip on the, the news media and make uh, trades or investments based, based off that, you're, you're likely going to come up on the short end of the stick. Uh, many times, and the reason is is because one, the media reports what is happening, not what will happen, um, and two, they get to reporting something when it becomes the hottest uh, item out there, and when it becomes the hottest item out there is usually when half of the action is gone in a stock or, or a currency or what have you, and so much of the move is already gone and, and is already passed, and they're really alerting you to it, and they're excited about it, but a lot of the frenzy is over and a lot of the euphoria is there, which makes that asset typically overvalued at that point or, or short to, shortly to be overvalued, and then will start on its way down. So you're always going to be on like a delayed effect if you – watch just any of the financial media and make uh, decisions based off that. So you want to start doing your own research um, and, and doing that early on or follow somebody who you feel is, is right on and listening highly to their research. And I'm going to just Thank you so much. plug right in here. And I, I get the Ultimate Wealth Report, and in it, Sean shares specifics. He'll tell you what he thinks is coming up, why, and so he basically shortcuts that whole research for you, so if you have not, and I think he has other reports. That's the one I follow. Um, and also, I would suggest you connect with him on his Facebook page because sometimes he posts some nuggets out there too. All right, let me move on to the next thing here, uh, Sean. On February 26th, which was just two days ago, NBC News carried a story about a couple who dug up several buried cans of gold American eagles from their backyard that is now estimated to be worth. 10 million. Now, basically, that strategy was buy and hold. Unfortunately, their heirs did not end up with the treasure trove. So let's talk precious metals for a moment. Now, my audience, uh, again, sent in two separate questions on this. Um, Alana Wong asked, what is your prediction on gold and silver? Do you think they will go up in price, or do you think they have already run their turn? I would love to know if you think they're still a good investment to get into and why. Thank you. 
Yeah, I believe gold and silver are uh, great investments. Um, you know, one you have to really think about why are gold and silver great investments? Gold and silver are great investments because they're essentially anti-dollars. In other words, um, they are the, the they're on the other side of the um, the, the teeter-totter, if you will. The dollar is on one side, gold and silver on the other. As the dollar goes down, as that teeter-totter side goes down, gold and silver go up. Why do they do that? Because dollars are paper money that can be printed or diluted. Gold and silver are real currency, hard currency, that can't be manipulated. There's only so much gold out there, only so much silver out there, and they can't print or make that to to, uh, to make a bigger supply of it. And so it's more of a pure form of currency and untainted. Um, so, so that's one of the big reasons why you would want to own it because of dollar devaluation. The other is because of all the inerrant risks that are coming out there uh, to our dollar, to our treasuries, to our country by the way that we keep jacking up our debt levels. And so we keep racking, racking up more and more and more and more debt as a nation. And, and you know, just if you look at it on a personal level, if I racked up more and more and more debt uh, to me personally, that would put my family more at jeopardy uh, financially, and I would be a higher risk than somebody out there who wasn't doing that. And so, so that's what we're doing as a nation. It's almost like we're running up our credit card, you know, to its limit, and then increasing the limit, and running it up some more. And so, as we do that, of course, there's bigger default risks. There's bigger risks of uh, foreigners losing faith in our currency and it going down even further, et cetera. And so, the direction of the debt level is another reason why you would want to own. Uh, an alternative to, uh, to the dollar, which is most certainly gold and silver. And so I think that they will go much higher over time. Uh, of course, they've gone down the last year or two only because they just ran up so much for the last 10 or 12 years, got a little bit ahead of themselves, needed to pull back a little, needed to consolidate a little. That's normal. That's healthy. But, but then they'll, they'll continue to resume because the dollar will continue to be printed and debt will continue to rise. And a lot of that, what you just said, comes out of understanding how to read charts and stuff. But let me get to the next question. John Piscopo, Pis, yeah, John Piscopo asked, is gold or silver a better way, uh, a better investment? I think he's asking if you have a preference for one or the other there. Um, I, I, I initially like silver the best, uh, mainly because uh, you know silver is cheaper. Silver will go up more percentage-wise than than gold. Silver is a precious metal and an industrial metal, so that it is used, for instance, like in a lot of electronics and things of that sort. So there's part of the silver supply that gets consumed through industry, which makes its supply even less, which makes it even more precious over time. Um, so there's several reasons why I like that. And it's just, easy, you know, it's cheaper, so it's easier for the average man to get their hands on. It's harder for them to buy um, an ounce of gold. It's so much easier for them to buy, you know, $20, $21, uh, ounce of silver. Okay, and, and, and my audience is probably aware of my, my involvement in tangible gold and silver, so uh, the sales of it. So this topic is pretty dear to my heart. But I'm not a financial ad planner or advisor, so I don't give financial advice. But here's another um, thing that I uh, picked up from a tax professional. This is what he had said about precious metals. <laughs> I'd love you to weigh in on this. This is his quote. Owning the precious metals has always seemed foolish to me. You have to pay for storage, pay for assess, assaying the gold when sold, and you don't get yearly dividends. Bottom line, if you want to own gold, either through an IRA or individually, at least own gold mining stocks that avoid these problems. Now, for me, for me personally, 
and 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 I know Sean, feel free to have your uh, an opposite opinion to me because I'm nowhere near uh, a financial advisor or anything, and I surely have my own um, personal uh, bias on this. But for me, mining stocks is a tricky conversation, and, and you kind of alluded to something earlier. Uh, I bought them from time to time, uh, but my decision to enter and exit that market is sometimes done with some trepidation. Uh, I'm going to use silver as an example. There's a lot of silver paper assets out there more than the physical. And if all those holders were to take their statements and say, I want the tangible thing, I think it could create a chaos similar to run on how it is with a run on the bank. So all those individuals out there with a piece of paper called a financial statement that declares their entitlement to something, if they were to show up and say, I want this silver, it could be a huge problem. What say you? Yeah, actually, you know, there's there's uh, several different uh, ways that you could look at silver and gold. I mean, one is holding physical gold and silver because, you know, it can't be manipulated. You can't make more of it, and you hold something real. Um, and you can easily do this in, in, in the form of gold coins, silver coins, things like that, that are easy to store. I mean, some people put those even in, like, safety deposit boxes and different things. So it, we're not talking a real great expense. Yes, if you hold uh, gold bars or something like that, you know, it might be a little bit uh, different. But even then, gold has uh, outpaced many assets of the world uh, out there, including uh, many, you know, many stocks. And a lot of it is because of the dollar dilution game. It's always on the right side of that dollar dilution game. Now, uh, gold and silver mining companies uh, have advantages but are a bit more trickier because you have corporate risks. So the, at the end of the day, they are companies that mine uh, for gold and silver. So just because they're mining for a great asset doesn't necessarily mean that they are a great asset themselves. In other words, you have to look at the corporate balance sheet to see if they're sound. There's some miners in the world that are. There's some miners in the world that aren't. So a gold mining company or silver mining company can go down and can go under if it's not a sound fundamental balance sheet. So then you want to look at either learning how to read those balance sheets or follow somebody like myself who does. So we do own two um, two gold miners uh, out there, and we also own the uh, the silver ETF. So there's there's easy ways to uh, to track things. You know, as far as the silver ETF, it's something you can easily hold in your um, brokerage account, and it's a way that you can track the, the movement of silver without having to, to own or hold the physical. But there are great advantages, like you alluded to, um, in holding actual physical silver. So really, it's really down to what the person's comfort level is. But, but no matter what you do, get involved with gold and silver on one of those levels uh, to some degree because you're going to benefit and be on the right side of the dollar devaluation game if, do, you, know, if you do so. And one of the things that I love about your report, Sean, is that it really it empowers the person at home in the privacy of their home to be making these decisions on their own. I mean, it's like having your own financial planner and you're right on your computer. It's so awesome. I'm going to take this other call. This person is calling from 347 three, area code. 347 area code, give us your name and state your comment or question for Sean. Hello? 347 area code. Okay. 
Um, if you're, if, maybe they took a, all right, so let me go on to read another question. There is a general ignorance in the financial marketplace, I find, Sean, amongst the middle class. My husband, for example, posted a chart on his Facebook page comparing the stock market crash of 1929 with the current direction of the financial markets. Now, bear in mind, we follow you. Now, his friend, and I'll, he'll remain nameless, responded so flippantly. And I think that there's a general attitude out there of everything's going to be all right. I think that's still pervasive, which is why I think so many things that have warning signs go ignored. And then many raise their hands in bewilderment about how this catastrophe suddenly came upon them. And they, you know, shortly after he put this post, you predicted in Money News that there was likely to be a market collapse of sorts in 2014. Would you speak to that? Yeah, I think we could have anywhere from at least a 10% correction uh, all the way down to a you know multi-year 40 or 50% correction in the in the stock market. And and you know those that don't think that's possible, just look at the year 2000 and the year 2007. We had we had you know 40 to 60% corrections in the stock market. So they are highly possible, and they've happened you know two times in the last 14 years. So they can definitely happen again. But a 10% correction is uh, fairly common to have about every year, year and a half or two and we're overdue for one of those. Um, the price earnings valuations are very high with stocks, so that means stocks are priced high level to the earnings that corporations put out. So you're paying top dollar for stocks right now. And people don't realize that because, one, they don't know how to value a company, and, two, they feel euphoric uh, because based off of the past. In other words, their stock portfolios have risen over the last year or two, and so they feel good about that, and that feeling – uh, sometimes can be confused with fact, and those two are not necessarily the same thing. So you can feel good about the previous rise in your portfolio, not knowing that a, a very serious decline is likely around the corner. So if you were to talk to a lot of the people before the 1929 stock market crash, and I'm not saying we're going to have one exactly like that, but but you know, they, I mean, they were dancing and partying it up, and it was just a you know, it was just a partying time. Uh, and then we went into the you know the Great Depression. So, um, so it feels good uh, right before some of the biggest declines. They're they're very euphoric. Okay, I'm going to give uh, the person error code three four seven one more opportunity because we're just under we're just about four minutes left in the show. Three four seven three zero six phone number. Okay, well. All right, Sean. So uh, we're going to wrap this thing up now. Is there? Anything that we have not covered that you think we need to know? Well, it's just that, you know, investing is not always easy, and it it is time – time intensive and so a lot of people don't have time to do that with their day-to-day jobs and their families and so forth so it's just really easy to follow somebody uh, who does and so that's the reason why I wrote the uh, ultimate wealth report so people would have an intelligent informed decision as to why they've bought stocks a lot of people can't tell you why they hold what they hold or even how risky what they hold is and so through the ultimate wealth report I give them uh, a monthly you know 11 page uh, written um, newsletter with my buy recommendations and why, followed up by weekly videos where they see my charts and I go through my charts and I tell them where I think things are and where I think things are going to go in the future and based off those charts and indicators. And so I'm for, you know, fundamental balance sheet information, which I break down into simple English and also technical indicators that I also explain and break that down into simple English. And I think that helps the average investor make a lot more informed decision. And like you say, they can do that for 47 bucks a year. 
they can ha- almost have a financial guy in their back pocket and, and really some informed decision-making that they can make for their own account. So it really empowers the average person out there, and they can do that in a very inexpensive way. And on top of that, Sean, even people who have uh, a broker or somebody who's running their 401k, they can't play dumb. I still think they need to get involved, look at what's going on, and they can absolutely give directions to their brokers. So, you know, if, if you're out there and you, you get this report, then you can at least challenge your broker to explain why they've made decisions for you. It's an excellent report, guys. Um, I wouldn't have invited Sean if I didn't think so. He's fantastic. And, Sean, I'm going to say awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Now, guys, go to the Google Play Store, and on your smartphone, just search for Trudy Behrman and download my app on your Android device. It's going to be the easiest way to find the Debt-Free Wealth Radio Show so you can get you know, shows like this and a ton of other wonderful stuff. Now, the app for the Apple device will be coming soon. But go to the Google Play Store and type in Trudy Behrman, and search me. Now, Sean, just give us one more time. How do we get in touch with you, follow up with you? Yes, BibleMoneyCode.com is the uh, easiest way to reach me. So that's BibleMoneyCode.com. And also uh, there's uh, free uh, uh, weekly blogs on MoneyNews.com under the Insiders tab. Fantastic. So, guys, join us next week on Debt-Free Wealth Radio. I'll be talking to you about the value of video in growing your brand, your value, and your sales. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. February is pretty much over, guys. How are you doing with your resolutions? 2014 is the year for your abundance. Let's pick up the momentum and press on for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. I want to thank Sean for being my awesome guest today. Trudy Behrman here saying I love you all and I'll see you next week on Debt-Free Wealth Radio. 